0: Welcome to the Two Rivers Cafe podcast, a place for music, chat, and go on then, just one more glass of something cheeky before it's time to go home. I am your host, Andrew Fisher, and as a composer and lyricist, collaboration is one of the great pleasures in my working life. In this podcast, I talk to an eclectic mix of wildly talented people and then work with them to make a brand new piece that we'll unveil for you at the end of the episode. Will it always work? Let's find out. Hello everyone. I'm pleased today to be joined by the hugely talented session singer, vocal coach and singer-songwriter Lucy Potterton. Lucy has been a member of the Swingle Singers a backing singer for Florence and the Machine on their 2015-16 World Tour, including headlining at Glastonbury, and she is a regular session singer for movie soundtracks, including scores to Avengers Endgame, The Hobbit and Beauty and the Beast. As a vocal coach, she has been part of the team for ITV's The Voice UK and the BBC's Little Mix The Search. Hi, Lucy. It's a pleasure to have you as a guest on the podcast. I'm blown away by the range of work you've done. Tell me, do you enjoy moving between different types of gig?
1: Oh, absolutely. I think that's the most fun part of the job, to be honest, for me, because I'm trained in lots of different styles. So it's really great that I get to use that in everyday life Um, and every day is different. So, yeah. Uh,
0: Do they differ in terms of how you sing or how you prepare?
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, the session stuff that I do for the films is quite choral, so they want a lot of high, quiet singing and very, very pure. Um, and then the backing singing is very pop. There's a lot of belty stuff in there. Um, so yeah, very, very different types of singing.
0: And, and in terms of the, the things that you're asked to offer, I mean, I imagine with the, the choral singing, you, you, you hear here is a score, you read it, you, you sing it as it is. Is, is. Do other types of music making give you an opportunity to contribute?
1: Um, yeah, I think in the pop world, it's a lot freer. So we'll get, um, we'll get a back, for instance, when I did Florence, we got a lot of the songs and the original arrangements in the album. And then we were kind of said, Oh, can you pick out parts and find the ones that work best for you for a live version? So that was really fun. I love doing that.
0: Do you you have to harmonise on the spot? Or are you... um...
1: Yeah, a lot of the time. I mean, we've got. Yeah, I had a great partner, Ruth Saville, who was doing that right. with me, the Florence thing, and we just worked really, really well together. We'd not met before, so this was the first gig we'd done together, and we clicked straight away. And I think musically and personality-wise, so that just became easy. We kind of worked stuff out together, and then went and did it, and thankfully it worked really well.
0: well one of you would go higher, one of you would tend to go lower. Is that? Yes. That yeah,
1: I was on the high stuff for that particular thing. So, okay, yeah.
0: right, right, right. And in terms of picking up lyrics and things like that would you um would you say let's say this word or let's ooh this or woe this I'm really curious about the details yeah
1: yeah I mean it very much is like that you'd kind of choose the bits that made the most sense like things that Florence needed backing up on for instance in, in particular big moments we'd sing the lyrics um and then other times we'd be a lot more sort of textural and in the you know oohs and woes and whatever you know putting that in there as well
0: and I know for me, moving from one type of gig to another, there's there's certain things we go, Okay, we're in a studio now, I know what this is about. Mm. When you were coming to be on stage in the pyramid stage at Glastonbury, were you kind of was that a different moment, you were like, Whoa.
1: I mean, yeah, that was a I was in it was like another world an otherworldly experience for me, I think. It was very strange. Um I'd obviously done big gigs before up until that point we'd done a little run up to Glastonbury, but I don't think anything had prepared me for it, to be honest, because that, for me, was something I'd grown up watching on television. Um, the first gig we actually, first big gig we ever did was Coachella. And that, for me, didn't feel as big as Glastonbury. Glastonbury, for me, I think looking out on the crowd, um, I couldn't see the end of the crowd. And I think that was the most amazing thing because it was really dark. And I think I saw a couple of people light some flares and then I'd see the flags light up in the distance and go, that's not the end of the crowd. That's, um, like, it just felt amazing. It goes so, on yeah. and on It goes on. on. <laughs> yes.
0: There must be tens of thousands of people. Amazing. Mm. I, I can't imagine how, how, how wonderful that must be. And, and, and after that gig, were you like, I have I have done something now that I that is sort of um, monumental. Did, did you feel that? Um,
1: um, well, I guess I mean, we were kind of that was the beginning of the tour. So I think I was just really excited more than anything Um And I didn't really believe it was my life, to be honest, um, and (laughs) still don't. (laughs) Someone else did that, yes. Yeah, someone else did that, very much feels like that. But um, I think when I was doing the gig, I was really aware of how big it was for me to do that because it meant so much to... um, It was kind of what I'd been leading up to, I guess, um, my whole career. And I knew what it was, and I tried to really make the most of it in the moment. And I'm glad that I did because I think if I hadn't I'd sort of look back and go oh you know it it, just, it wouldn't have a lovely I wouldn't have the nice feeling that I do when I look back on it now um so yeah I think I was just excited for the future and yeah thankfully it's been like time's been very good to me so I'm very grateful for that.
0: Lucy as you know with the podcast we'd like you to pick one of three possible concepts to act as a springboard for creative ideas. Are you ready? I am indeed, yes, the three ideas this week are search, return, and celebrate
1: ooh, um, I think search I don't know why, but it sounds interesting.
0: do you know i when I saw the list, that was the one I was going to pick. Okay, and that good. was the one I was really hoping you would pick. <laughs> oh, so that's awesome. a real win. <laughs> that's good. I was really hoping you wouldn't pick Celebrate because lyrically <laughs> that that becomes just a, a series of already brilliant songs that other people yeah. have written. 30, 30, 30, <laughs> wonder. Um, so, so it's kind of like, where do we go? So Search is, that's, that's fantastic. Um, what appeals to you about this idea?
1: I think... It actually relates to some of the stuff that I've written in the past and it kind of, I think it resonates more with my style, um, more than anything else, to be honest, because there's always like an element of kind of looking for something in the songs that I've written. So, yeah, I think that kind of, it feels like home.
0: Yeah, yeah, and absolutely. Uh, there's a questioning quality to it that I i know for me is very much who I am as well, This 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 thing of here is the thing and... I know. I'm always asking, "What is it?" <laughs> Rather than, "Oh, great, it's here." <laughs> what am I meant <laughs> to I do trust with this? It? It, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So there's, 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 that that really does appeal about that. Um, I'm very excited to see what we both come up with, and I think the ball is in my court first. So the plan is, I will write a lyric, send it to you, um, and then you will do uh, the melody and, and harmony, and then we'll we'll go from there. Before we talk about a collaboration, I'd like to ask you about your relationship with creativity. As a youngster, did you always have the creative impulse to write your own songs?
1: Oh, I mean, yes, I think so. Um, When I was about 10 or 11, I started started a band with my best friend, um, and she was the rapper and I was the singer. (laughs) Um, So we had, it was an interesting band. Um, And I had a little four-track tape recorder that my parents bought me, and I loved it. I absolutely loved this thing. And Obviously, days before we could really, well, I was doing digital stuff. I wasn't doing it. I was just sort of was only about 10. So, yeah, I sort of I had this thing and I had a drum machine as well, actually. And I wasn't brilliant at my instruments at that point um, enough to, you know, write the backings and stuff. So I just had this drum machine. I play the demos and I'd but they had all these extra little um fills and stuff so I'd put in all the fills and I'd create like a backing track then I'd put my voice on top and then I'd put some harmonies in and then my friend would come in and she'd put her rap over the top yeah, <laughs> and then and we created this little album of songs and I've got the little tape somewhere um at home and I listened to it um I think about a few weeks ago actually and now I mean it's hilarious it's really hilarious some of the stuff we came out with but I don't know. I think I just, I look back on that time and I was so, I was just so free to write whatever I wanted. And it was nice to do it with a friend. And yeah, I loved it.
0: Do you find ideas and inspiration come easily to you? Are, are you sort of constantly sitting there humming a tune in your head? Or, or are, are, do you have to sort of sit down and say, no, we, we must prepare for the moment? And, and, and then you sort, of, you sort of take it in a venerated way. What's, what, what, what do you like?
1: Oh, I have a, quite a weird relationship with it, to be honest. I think I... I have I kind of flip between so many different things that actually sitting down and having the time to be creative or um, actually just getting down and doing it, I'm really bad at doing that. So sometimes, I mean, I feel like my favourite song I've ever written, I did it in about 10 minutes, which is... What a lot of people say, I think, when something comes to them, they're like, "Right, down." And and just there it is. It's like the idea hit you. you. It's been traveling
0: around the world. Exactly. Suddenly hit you completely formed, and you're like, "I'm all I'm doing is sort of taking dictation." Yeah. Yeah, yeah." and
1: but then other times you'll sit there for hours and hours, and you're like, "I just don't have anything," and you're you're really trying hard, and it just doesn't come together. So, I think for me, I'm always putting stuff on my phone. I'm always doing little ditties, and I've got. I've got about, you know, hundreds of them on my phone that just aren't complete songs. And one day I might go back to it and kind of work something out. But um, yeah, I just, I find I'm not very disciplined with putting, with like sort of doing it, like, I think I probably should be, I guess, with making sure I'm just doing it. And so then when the thing comes, it's I'm ready for it. You know, I'm prepared for it to arrive, almost like that idea of um, the inspiration just sort of hitting you at a point.
0: It, it's, it's really hard to know as well. I can really relate to something you just said there about this sort kind of question of, am I doing it right? You know, like mm. like, <laughs> have I... Yeah. Should is, is there a better way to be me? You know, is there, is there a superior version of me that's much better at admin or? Yeah, <laughs> think, oh, there's definitely. Yeah, one that of would those know to me. record. You know, do, uh, do you come back to your your phone memos and actually try and sort of re-engage with them?
1: Yeah, definitely. Especially when I'm collaborating, I'll go. You know, if I'm doing something with with a friend or a, you know someone that I'm working with. I'll go and I'll be like, well, I've got all of this stuff. Is there anything we can maybe work from from there? Because I find it's a nice starting off point. It doesn't feel so pressurised to be like, I've got to come up with something right now, which is amazing. Um, I'll be like, well, I quite like this. Do you reckon we can start with that and then move forward? Um, so, yeah, I do come back to them all the time, which is which is nice.
0: Yeah, and, and it's, it's a very different experience. I mean, people talk about music making, don't they? And, and it's something about the creative act. Um, being there is a very different experience to singing something. Are you really aware of that difference between creativity and and performance?
1: Oh, definitely. I think... um... When I'm writing as well, I often, I tend to write sad songs. (laughs) I don't know why, I just do. Even when I was 10 or 11, I was writing songs about heartbreak and I'd never, you know, been heartbroken (laughs) at (laughs) all, but I was really drawn to that type of song. And that's what I write about now. And that's how I deal with my feelings a lot of the time. So when I'm writing, I'm often not in a great place, I guess, emotionally. So I'm putting all this stuff and it's like a catharsis for me just to put it out and that's why um that's why I do it I think because it just gives you that release and I kind of a lot of the stuff I'll write and I'll think oh no one's going to hear this and that's fine um because I I don't write a diary or anything like that but I will put my feelings into songs and I feel so much better once they once it's a song I'm like oh I've created that that bad thing happened but this is what I got out of it and that's that's a good thing you know
0: when you explore the the sadness do you end up fee- with with that in mind if, if you write a a sad song during a happy time and you're sort of okay with that. Do you, do you then become sad because you're remembering the sadness or do you, are you like, oh, well, now this is like a sort of point of archaeology almost that this thing was sort of embedded in down into me. And do you know what I mean? It's so yeah. And now you're able to examine it with some distance.
1: I think I sort of fluctuate between states anyway, quite quickly. Um, so I can be sad about one thing and then the next day I'll be absolutely fine. And it's I don't think that that I think that's just part of me as I'm getting older I'm sort of learning a bit more about myself I'm like okay that's just how I am and I'll I, I do I loved looking at old photographs of, of people that you know I loved in my life and all that sort of stuff and um, I get sad in that moment but but happy sad as well because you know you remember the good things um, and then the next day I'm like oh, okay I'm fine again but I feel like I like to do that because my the past creates who you are is in the present and um, I don't want to sort of discount that. I think it's all made me who I am today. And that's, that's a good thing, really.
0: Lucy and I are going to go away and create something. Our word is search. Um, I need to write a lyric and very quickly. And Lucy then needs to write some music. And we will be back soon. 48 hours have passed since we recorded the last bit. And in that time, this is what's happened. In the first six hours, I wrote a lyric based on the word search, which I then sent to Lucy, and she wrote a song, a melody with with chords, that she played it on guitar, did backing vocals, sang very beautifully, and then sent it back to me, and I've attempted to add an orchestration to it. So, so I, I sent it to you. When you received it, what did you think?
1: I mean, I loved it. I thought that there were some really great lines in there, and... I just really enjoyed trying to fit them into something that I was thinking about. So just in terms of, I guess, like the meter and things like that, I was, I sort of struggled a little bit to kind of work out where you were coming from in that sense. And I thought, well, I'll put it, I'll try this and see if it works. And then just picking out the little bits that worked, um, rhythmically, um, sort of pieced it together like a puzzle I guess and then I thought oh no that bit that bit works there and there was actually one line that I did change I think there were a couple of lines I changed just very slightly just to fit with um with the timing basically and there was one line that I said once and then you'd you'd originally written it twice um and I just sort of cut the second one and said the last bit of it um it seemed to for me that worked um a bit better with what I was doing but yeah
0: it's, it's this is so much the rule of collaboration isn't it where um it so much depends on how much space you give the other person to say can I just tweak and yeah. some people can be yeah tweak away and other people are like no it's what it is I know. <laughs> and, and you have to you have to sort of manage that but um I, I was very happy for you to, to to make adjustments that was absolutely fine and, and everything that you did was was absolutely spot on um, I, interestingly I had a very very different rhythm in my head because I also okay, okay. I, I sort of had my own version of the song and I, a different meter mm. and when I heard it I was like oh my goodness that's so different and, and it's funny as well because um, there's a space that we give to words w- when we use them that can totally impact on their meaning that um, if something is fast it adds a intensity to it and if something is much more spaced out and I thought I that you Spaced it out quite a lot, and I thought that was actually a really a great gift. That was just a fabulous offer straight away, just to say, "Well, we'll slow down," because mine was mine was going. That's
1: really interesting that you said that because. I did. I was wondering. I was like, I wonder how you've heard it in your head because you obviously have written it, and then you've got a, you've probably got a melody in your own head and a rhythm and all that sort of stuff.
0: Absolutely. And and, and there's a point of when you let give it to someone else. You're like, oh, mm. I've got to now let yeah. go of this. I, I, don't I can't want hover. To. Yeah. You know, like like a worried parent <laughs> saying, Is, is it going to be all right? No, don't do that. Don't do that. You know. Yeah. You, sort of, you don't want. You know. And, and so you really have to sort of let it go and say, yeah. It's now Lucy's. She's going to do what she she will with it. Um. So when when you look at a lyric do you start at the first line and would you say it through and try and get a rhythm or what's what's your process
1: I always start with the first line to be honest um and then I will work out what I want the chorus to be so i'll I'll start with with a, a vague idea of like the key center and all that sort of stuff um with that first line and then I'll be I'll go to the I'll go to the chorus and work out which bit I want to highlight yeah and and then that will sort of become my my base and then everything else kind of works itself out from there um with this song I kind of I went a bit rogue I guess because I I think in terms of, um, like you said, with the spacing out of the lyrics, that's quite interesting because in the very first line, I took the word easy and I made it really long. Yes. And I imagine that that for your, for your ears was probably like, oh, no, that wasn't what I had in mind at all. <laughs> <laughs> you know? like, Why um, is she highlighting that word?
0: And the thing that I, I've learned is that when someone has a different opinion, it actually takes quite a lot of experience to sit with your feelings and not comment on them to kind of really school your face so that you don't, you know, make an expression. And, and even, I, I sat there in my study, you know, just, there's no one around, but I was still just trying to still myself just to sort of be present with your offer. And and that's, I have to say for me, that's that's been a, a hard learn that I twitch probably as soon as I hear um, something that doesn't quite, isn't what I'm expecting. And I've learned to kind of, I'm learning still to sort of manage my twitch. And then what's weird is, the more that you spend time listening to something, the the more you get used to it, and so sometimes the things that you end up loving the most—well, I, I end up loving the most—are the things that initially I was like, nah, "I'm not sure about this," mm-hmm. and then you spend a bit more time, and so I I, I think there's a listen, a patience in listening that's really yeah. rewarding in the end. Would, would you agree?
1: Yeah, definitely, hundred percent agree with that. I actually I find that also having like listening to things a little bit more. I like I like it more when I when I've written something and um, and I come back to it another day um I'll always be like oh actually yeah I do I do like that thing and even if I feel maybe vocally oh that wasn't the best vocal take I've done I'll come back to it a day later and listen to it and I'll go actually oh, sure, it's all right I I am happy with it I don't know why I didn't like it before and so it's it's a really good thing to sit with something and then come back to it I think
0: absolutely you know that oh, fickle moods and there's something else that I've learned I really got this from this experience was um the the last hour of a long session being creative is in my experience often the most desperate <laughs> it's the most kind of self-doubting one that yeah. that your relationship with your own material can change so much in a 6 hour period whereas you know in hour 1 you don't mind and you're sort of free with it then hour 4 you're like this is uh, this is going really well mm. and then hour 6 what have i done i've ruined it all this is terrible <laughs> and then just not to throw it away at that point and just to yeah. go to bed and to do something different. Um can I ask um harmonically as when you do this do you sing and and play or do you just sing?
1: Um I always sing and play because with obviously guitar is not my forte it's definitely my voice is the thing that carries everything. So I think I have to be able to play what I'm um what I my accompaniment essentially. Um so I think I said in the um, in the earlier talk we had about that was one of my weaknesses is that I actually have to, I kind of feel a little bit limited by by my harmonies and stuff like that which I was so grateful for you coming in and changing it <laughs> quite quite a lot in that sense because I thought oh it adds, it adds all this interest that I wa- that wasn't there before yeah um, so yes yeah
0: that's, that's it's an interesting we'll, mm. we'll come to that question about arrangement later mm. Um, mm. I you were very gracious by the way because again this is part of the collaboration so one thing I really um, felt with this is that not being in the room because this is all happening during COVID. There's so much dialogue that was needed, and I really wanted to talk to it a lot more than than we we had a few texts and and Lucy gave me a lot of kind of mix mix mix. You know that was the, that was the thing. It was, um, bring us down in the mix. Bring this one up. This line here. Um and it was, and for me I I was just so reassured because um one of the great principles I I live by is quality is found in detail. And if you want to work with someone of quality, listen to how much detail they say. You know what I mm. mean? Because that—that's a really—that's another. I see it as a gift. Um, if the detail is good, you know, if, if it's specific, if someone really has a clear vision of how something should work, that's a huge reassurance. Mm. Do you know what I mean? And and, yeah. and I, I definitely felt that. You know, I was like, okay, yeah, she's on it. She's she knows what she wants. She's what she, she she can hear here. Um, yeah. But there was. Am oh, I going to say with the lyric? I I almost wanted to. Call you afterwards and change some lines because they were expressions. <laughs> I was like, oh, I don't know. Um, anyway, and um, can I ask another question with 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 chords? And this is me as a piano player. Um, mm. Do you find that your hands or your, your instincts go into certain formulations that you tend to say, I'm going to start on chord one, or I, I tend to I know that G fits my, my voice, so I'm going to start in G. Um, or, yeah. Or, or, and 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 is it is is it quite an effort to try somewhere try to start somewhere else?
1: it is definitely and i end up writing really um it, if i if i write a song in a certain place where i'm comfortable and i know that i know that thing quite well a lot of the time my songs sound the same if i write it in that same place and then i'll move to another place and i'm like oh this is very different you know it just it it brings out a different side of me when i do that so as i get a little bit better at accompanying myself i do start to explore those things a little bit more um which is something that i really like um obviously so yeah
0: I, I definitely felt that six hours, which is the sort of time I had before I thought, which we sort of initially discussed, was nothing like enough. I was really struggling. And and it, it's an interesting concept about, you know, songwriting or any form of creative endeavour is how long does it take? And, of course, it varies from art form to art form. But um, I, was, I thought if I had another six hours, I could do a much better job. Did you feel the same?
1: Absolutely, yeah. I think that comment you said earlier about sort of coming to the end of it and you were like hour four is great and then hour six is sort of uh, you know what have I done but I think by the time I'd got to hour six I think it was like 12 o'clock one in the morning yeah, it or was, it I was. Think that's when I sent it to you and I was just like well I have to finish it I have to get it done yeah. and I kind of liked that and I kind of didn't in a weird way because I felt like because I really just as soon as I <clears throat> finished um teaching for the day I, I sort of spent that next six hours just absolutely head down doing it recording it getting it done sending it over and that for me was like well I have to do it whatever I'm coming out with it was pretty much like the first chord sequence I found that worked was like yep that'll do and then the next thing that I did I worked out the lyrics sorry you worked out the lyrics but I worked out how to fit them into the tempo and all that stuff so I was like yep that works too so it was it was very much just a process as soon as I found something that works I went worked I went with it because I I knew I was on a time constraint and and also coming back to the the arrangement, how you feel like you, you put lots and lots of stuff in. I felt like having, when I ended up listening to my one again, once I'd sent it to you, but also when we I heard yours, I was like, oh, I've gone I've gone too far as well with my backing vocals, because obviously that's what I know. Yeah. I just was like, yeah, put it in here, yeah. put it in here. But and- then I think it could have done with just taking it away a little bit. Somehow. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Yeah. Um, we should definitely have a listen to this song now. So I've called the song Nocturne, um, which I thought was... Um, Nice. Um, yeah. When Lucy sent it to me, she called it Andy Song, which I <laughs> which I thought was really-
1: because I was in a rush. I was like, I can't. I didn't even look at the title of the song. I was like, Yep.
0: <laughs> so we should decide what we should call this. Whether it's called I Nocturne. think well,
1: I think Nocturne's better. Okay.
0: Okay. That, that
1: like was very Andy much song. a working title.
0: Without further delay, here's Nocturne with lyric by me and music and vocals by Lucy Potterton.
2: Still I. Searching for you Know the hidden places is my soul And welcome me With easy understanding And want to see my broken heart made whole A humming music like a nocturne. I'm reaching out through the ice cream air. Can you hear it? Can you see it? Are you reaching out to me? Tell me, darling, are you there? The Missing pieces of my heart, of my heart. <laughs> the wind is dancing gently in the moon. like a prayer can you hear it can you see it are you reaching out to me tell me darling are you there i'm more alone than ever before yet i know i do not choose to stand apart in pieces of my heart of my heart of my heart I'm more alone than ever before yet I know I do not choose to stand apart, is there kindred spirit who hears the music too who holds the missing pieces of my heart of my heart
0: you have such a warmth really as just that your voice you're, you're blessed <laughs> but there's a kind of warmth and when when with the harmonies and you get four times the warmth and i think also with the where you've resolved so to finish on chord five and this unresolved thing and then to say of oh, my heart that was that's a masterstroke that's really lovely that's genius I am thank, um... you.
1: thank you
0: so that once we'd done that so Lucy sent that back to me um last night and I had a listen and then I started work the following day and I I, I spent about probably 10 hours on the arrangement and I worked really really hard and as I'm talking now I'm at that stage of thinking. I think I probably ruined it. That there's um, a you didn't <laughs> say, um, it you did it at all. There's <laughs> so a thing that Shakespeare says, and I think it's King Lear. He says, "I'm striving to better. Oft we mar what's well." Ah. And I think there's a lot of truth in that. That there's a kind of um, the, the the kind of temptations to add more mm. can be very um, bewitching. And even there's a point where, you're like, okay, I've I've added too much. This is this is there's something that's beautiful and pure and simple about that, which I that should be as it is rather than there should be um um more you know can be added and, and I think maybe in the end there's a middle ground between what I ended up doing and um what um and what what you did and, and I think that would come again working with live musicians don't you think that
1: yes definitely and I I had the same issue with my own arrangement just listening to that back as well um yeah, I just feel like, oh, I put too many backing vocals in there. There's just, I can, I can hear it so much better if it's, I mean, you can really just hear the lead vocal and that's the bit for me that should really come across. Um, so if, I, if I'd have stripped that back a little bit more, I just got excited by putting all this stuff in. And I almost forgot, oh, hang on a second, Andy's going to come in and do loads of really cool stuff over the top anyway. So I don't need these extra backing vocals. I think because I'm so used to doing stuff on my own um, that I was like, oh, I have to fill it out. Um, whereas actually, if I'd have left it a bit more, would have given you more space, I think, to, to put all that stuff in. So, yeah, that was my thoughts on it.
0: <laughs> I think now that this song would be better with a small um, scale ensemble, That, that, that if, if there was going to be an arrangement of it, um, a sort of, you know, a quintet, you yeah. know, piano, guitar, Yeah. Bass, you know, and some backing singers. (laughs) The the, the stripped back vibe, I think, is probably right for the song. Um, But when I came to hear it, I think I was... With my arranging hat on... I I make no apology, I I really like um, orchestral romantic music. Mm -hmm, Mahler, Rachmaninoff, Tchaikovsky, um, Dvorak. You know, I adore it. I listen to it and really... And I was trying to pick up on a kind of... uh, Pain in the lyric, you know what I mean. That there was a kind yeah. of nuance, there's a kind of, yeah. a kind of a, where, where the rub is in terms of harmony. And so when I heard what you did, I was like, okay, I can I can reharmonize that. And and I wonder if I did it too much. um So w- when you heard the reharmonies, were you like, God? No, I not I, at
1: all. I, just- I I just listened and went, I wish I'd have thought of that. <laughs> I wish I'd have done that. um And I imagine for you, probably um with saying, oh, I've I've gone over the top. I've done this. I've done that. Maybe. It, like, I don't know. Is a potentially that there's something in your brain from what you'd originally imagined what the piece was going to be like? I don't know. And then I'd come in and made it really different. So there was wanting to put back in that the original idea, which I totally understand. Um, I don't know if that. I'm. I'm just sort of putting that out there. I don't know.
0: It, absolutely, it's, it's kind of working with with your own instincts and to sort of manage yourself as well. That I. I, I think where I'm at in my development, I probably needed to do this. But I've definitely come to the conclusion, having done it, that I shouldn't have done it. <laughs> um and, and there's I think there's a halfway house that you get to sometimes after you've made an offer. And so much about the Creative Act I think is about making offers, isn't it?
1: Definitely. And I love I think that's what I love about collaboration is that you can I, I almost because I obviously texted you this morning and said, oh, I I think maybe I did a bit too much on this and could be maybe change that. And I wondered whether I should because but but that's what I like about collaborating is like just going back and saying, oh, actually, can we do this? And then you come back saying, oh, no, I think this. And that's great. So
0: can I ask would you next time would rather write the lyric?
1: Um not uh yes and no just because i think it would be a really interesting reversal um i'm happy writing either really which is why i was like oh just whatever um but i love writing lyrics as well so yeah i would i think maybe we'd probably end up with something like different different harmonies more interesting uh musical stuff going on if you'd have done all the music first and i'd written the lyric i don't know
0: lucy it's an utter pleasure to work with you
1: thank you so much
0: I'd like to share my work in progress on the orchestral arrangement. So, here's Nocturne by Lucy Potterton and me, Andrew Fisher.
2: Broken heart made whole. The stars are humming music like a nocturne. I'm reaching out through the ice cream air. Can you hear it? Can you see it? Are you reaching out to me? Damn To stand apart Is there a kindred spirit Who hears the music too Who holds the missing pieces In my heart Of a heart
1: just say i just love i love how you use my little annie lennox thing loads throughout yeah no it was was such an offer i mean for me i was
0: like that's the character melody that that every song has a thing where you go oh that's that's a keeper that one right there that was and and for me and um you called it the annie lennox thing which i just thought was perfect because you know i I adore annie lennox as well she's oh
1: my gosh yes as a vocalist but as a person as well she's
0: just yeah. Amazing as a person, yeah. like, you know, but um, but that and you and you aced it as well. I was like, yeah, I you, you've you.
1: It just I don't know why it just felt like it should be in there. Yeah, I was it was like, it doesn't really relate, yeah. but then yeah, I don't know. I just wanted to put it in because I love her, and yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it ended up in the song. So it's <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, wonderful. I I I I say listen to that arrangement. I just think it's I now you know that time I quite liked it I was yeah. But, yeah. But, but maybe there's just just taking a few more things out you know there's a kind of there's a fun it's like a cake with too many decorations on or something you
1: yeah it, but it's still there's still some really amazing moments in there I loved the space that you gave before I came in with a few of the choruses and I'm really sort of when that just all ended and then I was like, oh wow that's so much there's yeah, so much like tension but beautiful tension that was like and then I come in and it's great so I loved all of that I mean I love the whole thing but yeah we're our own worst critics a lot of the time always we, always anyway, uh, there's so, no you
0: know I don't have a worse critic than myself but, <laughs> but usually what happens is when someone else says anything that says something like it's not my favorite or to be honest I you know and then whatever that is that joins with my worst critics so there's two of them now
1: right oh. <laughs>
0: Oh, no. And sometimes I didn't say I didn't like it. And you're like, yeah, but you didn't love it. (laughs) Yeah, horses for courses. Um, Lucy, thank you so much. Thank Uh, you so much. It's been a joy and an honour. I really appreciate it. Thank you.
1: Thank you very much for having me.
0: Thanks for joining me in the Two Rivers Cafe. And thanks again to Lucy Potterton for her time, talent and patience. You can find out more about Lucy's career, including her online vocal school the Vox Room, via her website, a link to which is in the episode description. This is also the place to find out more about my life as a composer. My name is Andrew Fisher, and this episode of the Two Rivers Cafe podcast was produced remotely, as ever, by Jim and Rupert of Driver 8. If you enjoyed it, then please tell your friends to subscribe. But in the meantime... Why not grab a piece of paper, write down a few lyrics of your own, and you'll be halfway to your first hit single. Goodbye.